0: to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. Uh, We have been studying uh, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, and we will continue that. Uh, My name is Kevin Clark, and I'm a member of the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. And I'm joined by my colleague, my friend, and the preacher here, Bob Hutto. And uh, as you know, we've been making our way through the Beatitudes, uh, about one per podcast. uh, That probably was less ambitious than we had started, uh, but that's what it turned out to be. And I think it's been pretty productive because, as you've said before, just a lot of meat here, a lot of material uh, to teach us how we are to be, and it's it's a great point that Bob has made in other podcasts that we're going to start and Jesus is starting with a foundation which is our heart if we get our hearts right, we get our minds right uh, then God can do a lot of wondrous things with us. But if we don't have that heart right, then uh, God cannot work with us. And so it's a very good thing for us to kind of look at our hearts and see, you know, are these attributes, are these characteristics in my life? And if not, I need to start cultivating those. And that's the wonderful thing about it is although some of us may be uh, can naturally gr- drifting towards one or the other, all of these we can Uh, have. We can develop. All of us can be poor in spirit. All of us can be meek. All of us can mourn. All of us can hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we're not talking about something that a few elite people are blessed with and the rest of us don't have it. All of us can have these characteristics and have them in abundance if we made a deliberate, determined decision that we're going to grow in these areas. Uh, Any introductory comments you have?
1: Well, what we're trying to do, of course, is just promote the Word of God, highlight the Word. We're just looking into the Word Mm -hmm. itself, and uh, trying to highlight that and emphasize that, try to understand it, try to make solid sound applications of it. But it's really the word is the, the focus and the central uh, aspect of our of our work, what we're trying to do. And so I thought about Psalm 119, verse 105, mm-hmm. your word is a lamp to my feet and a yes. light to my path. And so that's what we're trying to do is highlight and emphasize the word itself. We're going, in this case, kind of verse by verse, looking at each uh, segment of the Beatitudes in our effort to highlight and uh, uh, portray, promote the word itself.
0: And as we do so, we always want to thank our two deacons and what they've done for us, uh, Mark Townsend and Jason Reed. They're always here for us, making it possible for us to use this technology. And this technology allows us to reach out to everybody. Uh, We've often made the comment that we started this with an idea of kind of helping our congregation here situated in Pelham, Alabama, Uh, but it's grown so much. And there are people throughout the state of Alabama, throughout the United States and across the world Uh, who have tuned in. And we thank all of you, and we thank you for your support. More importantly, we thank you for your interest in God's Word. And so we know that you'll be blessed by that, as anybody is who truly uh, studies and understands, reads, and applies God's Word. So this time we're going to start in uh, chapter 5, verse 10. And although in the past we've kind of gone with one verse, uh, really Uh, going from 10 to 12 is kind of the same theme if you will so if you'll indulge me a little bit to break and deviate from our one verse per podcast i think we'll be uh, blessed in that effort no pun intended Uh, starting verse 10 blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, you may read this and think, did I just read that correctly? Blessed are people who are persecuted for righteousness. Who wants persecution? Who wants people to revile us? Who wants people to persecute us or say all kinds of evil things? And and this is one of those places where the Bible can be counterintuitive to our own thoughts on these things, and yet that's exactly what it's saying, that hey, if you want to be in this group of God's people, if you wanna be in his kingdom, One thing you must come to grips with is the reality of persecution. Not only come to grips with, but rejoice in it because it's a sign of something. If you're going to be like Jesus, if you're going to walk in his footsteps, when we look at the pages of divine inspiration on Jesus, he was persecuted time and time and time again. And so if the master is being persecuted, we expect the same thing with their followers. And he tells you why you need to be uh, glad about it. Verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. One one, for great is your reward in heaven. Two, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you have an eternal reward that you're working towards. And the fact that you're persecuted is a sign that you're doing something right towards that eternal reward. Those who are on the same path are going to experience that. And he says, you know what? If you go back in time and look at the prophets who are speaking for God, that's what was done to them as well. And so the same thing is going to be done to you. And that's good company. You want to be in the group of people that that are trying to do God. I kind of think about trying to uh, worship and serve God. I thought about the opposite of that, which Jesus pointed out in Luke chapter six and verse 26. Let's turn over there real quick. Luke chapter six and verse 26, and he says this, woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Now look at that. Over in five uh, verses 12, Jesus says, you want to embrace the persecution because you know what? That is the same way that the old prophets, the spokesmen for God, were treated. But he says on the flip side, be careful when everybody thinks you're wonderful and everybody's singing your praises, because you know what? That's the same thing that they did with the false prophets. And so the reaction from the public sometimes can be an indication of what path we're on. We know as God's people, the vast majority of people are not going to agree with what we say, what we do, and how we live. And so we expect that there's going to be some persecution. We'll talk some more about that as we get deeper in the broadcast. But, Bob, I know you have some things. Well,
1: a couple of things come to mind uh, in your comments. I notice in, in chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 10, blessed are those uh, who have been persecuted. And then verse 11, blessed are you, not if people insult Man, you, when, right. but, but when they do. And yeah, so there's that understanding, that almost an assumption. That's right. That if you follow Jesus, if you follow in his steps, if you live as he lived, if you teach what he taught, it's going to happen, Excellent. and so blessed are you when people uh, say things about you and insult you and persecute you. I thought about John 15 as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In John 15, verse 18, this is Jesus. He's talking to his apostles. You know, This is just prior to him being betrayed and, and crucified. Yeah. He's just preparing them for what's to come. He says in verse 18, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of of this, the world hates you. And then verse 20, Mm -hmm. Remember the word that I said to you, A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know the one who sent me. Amen. And so we can expect it. Absolutely. If if they persecuted the master, right. they're going to persecute the master's servant. Absolutely. They're not afraid to persecute the master, <laughs> they sure not going to be afraid to persecute the servant. Absolutely. And so we can we can expect that. And so don't get discouraged about it. Don't right. get down about it. In a way, it's a privilege for us right. to to walk in the steps of Jesus, right. to be treated as Jesus was treated, and I think that's one thing that those who criticize the gospel and sort mm-hmm. of mock Christians mm-hmm. they they don't understand hey, that's that's a privilege for that's us. Exactly right. So criticize on, right, mock right, on, because right. you're treating me the way they treated yeah. Jesus, and that's a privilege for me. Amen. Brother. And so uh, we just have a totally different look at and perspective on. You know, those kinds of things. Insults Absolutely. and criticism and
0: that that's that doesn't bother us at all, really. Not at all. And I thought about this, Second Timothy chapter three, very similar concept. Uh, Paul says this, Second Timothy chapter three, verse ten. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now listen to this point in verse twelve yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So your point uh, in Matthew 5, it talks about when. It's not if. It's going to happen. Paul says, look, you know my manner of life, and you know all the persecutions I had in Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. And you know what? The Lord delivered me out of every single one of them, but I'm not special. He says, everybody who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will will suffer persecution so we do have to embrace that we have to accept that and you know the persecution can come for two reasons or one of those two reasons it can come from our walk just the mere fact that we're trying to do what is right and therefore our conduct is different uh first peter four talks about that we'll get that in a little bit but one of the points i want to make here from this verse i think is interesting when paul talks about persecutions here and you go back in acts 14 and acts 13 and 14 and he talks about what happened in antioch iconium and lystra it was not so much just the fact that he was living a moral life really it was his teaching that elicited the persecution and the reason i make that point is it's not just the fact that you're living a good moral life but you've got to teach, and when you teach, there will be people who do not like the doctrine of God, and you're going to draw back a nub, as they say metaphorically, because uh, th- there's just a disconnect between a world that lies on this way, the wicked one, and the light of the gospel that we're charged to present. I
1: was thinking about Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, just an interesting statement made by Paul. He says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, that is, the sufferings that he endured in order to teach them and mm-hmm. to to help them mature in Christ. So I'll rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an interesting statement, it is. isn't yeah, it? And it so is. you can see that Paul counts it a privilege for mm-hmm. him to suffer for the name mm-hmm. of Christ. And mm-hmm. as, as if Christ didn't suffer enough, right. if he can right. suffer in that same way right. for the cause of Christ as he... Benefits Christ's people. Well, that's a privilege for him, and Amen. and he rejoices in it. He doesn't Absolutely. despair. He doesn't say woe is me. He doesn't ask why does God let this happen to me. He's 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 glad to do
0: it. That's right. You know the the apostles had the same viewpoint. Uh, you remember in Acts chapter five after they had been in prison and the angel let them out of prison and then they get brought before the Sanhedrin again. And they really wanted to kill them in verse 33 of Acts chapter 5. When they heard this, the Sanhedrin, they were furious and plotted to kill them. And you remember Gamaliel gets up and makes the great argument, hey, wait a minute. Now, if this thing is of man, don't worry about it. It's not going anywhere. If it's of God, how dare we fight against the plan of God? And they, they did come to the conclusion that there was some wisdom in that, although I will note in verse 40, and they agreed with him, that's Gamaliel, and when they called for the apostles and beaten them, I always thought that was strange. It's like, if you really believed in, why would you beat them? But I guess they had to do something to show that they were disapproving what they were doing. They commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So here are the apostles that have been in prison, that have been beaten, that have been told not to do the very thing that they were charged to do by the Lord. How do they respond to all that persecution? So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and daily in the temple and every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. That's an interesting concept that they felt like it was a badge of honor for us to be persecuted and beaten and imprisoned because we spoke in the name of Jesus. That was a wonderful thing. And we don't always think that we all, I don't want I want the easy path. I don't want, I don't want to stand out. I don't want people to say bad names. I don't want people to criticize me, or ostracize me, or alienate. They have the very exact, they, they see, look, this makes me feel great because I'm doing what my Lord and Savior did. I'm following his footsteps and I'm, proud that I at least stood up so that I could be considered worthy of getting that persecution. Think about how many Christians crumble under the pressure and don't stand up and they're not persecuted. That's not a badge of honor. You want to be persecuted the way the Lord is. We don't have a deaf wish. We don't just love difficult things, but we look beyond for the meaning. This means that I'm doing something like my Lord and Savior because I'm being treated the same way he was treated. Well, and this this
1: ties in with what you're saying, what you've said all along. Uh, he says again, Matthew chapter five and verse verse ten: Blessed are those who have been persecuted. For the sake of righteousness, right. it's not yeah. just persecuted. That's right. It's not just blessed are those yeah. who suffer. Yes. It's not blessed are those who go through painful experience. Right. Those who are persecuted yes. for the sake of righteousness. Great point. And that's you know that's critical to what Jesus is saying here. That's a Amen. that's a very important point. We all suffer for one reason or another. Yep. We all go through difficult times, an injury, an illness, but but Jesus is pronouncing His blessing on those
0: who suffer for the sake of righteousness. I, I, I love it. I, I couldn't help but think when you said that. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, where Peter says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, mm-hmm. let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. And your point is, there's a certain amount of suffering that all humanity goes through just by virtue of the fact that you're human. You're going to experience some illness. You're going to experience some death. You're going to experience some heartache. Uh, but he says, if you suffer as a Christian for your faith, for your stand for the truth... Don't be discouraged by that. You ought to rejoice in that. That's an honor and a privilege.
1: Well, I've been, I mean, the local church has been the center of my life, all my life.
0: Right, right, that's true. My dad
1: was a preacher. Mm -hmm. And from the time I was a little boy, you know, I I, I remember going to services, listening to preaching. Mm -hmm. And all my life, really, I've heard people say, well, you know, the time is coming when it's not going to be easy to be a Christian. Right. When things are going to go against us. Uh, when uh, we, we're going to suffer because of our faith. If you stand mm-hmm. up and speak out, some bad things may, may happen. And I, I've heard that all my life, but in recent years, yeah. it's taken on a new intensity. <laughs> I think it's taken on a new significance. There, there are forces mm-hmm. very active in our world right. that would suppress those who speak out for Christ and right. speak out for the gospel and take a take a stand. Right. Take a strong stand for right and wrong, and for truth and error. And there are forces that are active in trying mm-hmm. to silence that. That's right. And so we we have to decide now. That's right. What we're going to do in those yes. situations, yes. so that we'll be prepared for them. And if that brings persecution, well, then we just have to be ready to pay the price. Right. And just understand that. We are blessed in the eyes exactly. of God right, right. That, that, we, that though the world may criticize us, uh-huh. Not in God's eyes, right? That that we we're heroes, that's right, so to speak, in His side, and that that makes all the difference.
0: Yeah, I think it's an important point because when you're going through those kind of things, it can be discouraging, it can be upsetting. I mean, obviously, again, we don't like people uh, being punitive to us, taking away jobs, taking away opportunities, not promoting us, all kinds of things that can happen, talking behind our back. Uh, but that doesn't mean that somehow you've lost the favor of God. It doesn't mean that you're not pleasing to God. You know, we, the Book of Job tells us we cannot judge our standing with God based on our external circumstances. And this particular principle actually says the very opposite that uh, one thing, one indication that you are living right is if you're being persecuted for the sake of Christ. And the flip side is true. If you're not, if you're a Christian and you never experience any persecution, you're doing something wrong. Because the Lord couldn't pull that off. You cannot be more sympathetic or empathetic than the Lord. You cannot be more effective in communicating than the Lord. You cannot be more gifted in interpersonal relations than the Lord. The Lord couldn't uh, pull it off. Why do you think you can Why do I think I can? We're not. We're going to be persecuted. As you said, let's embrace it. It's a necessity, really starting with our kids. You know, sometimes you see uh, parents who don't want their kids to stand out and be different because they're going to faithfully be at the services or they're not going to participate in certain activities that violate their faith, and, and the, Christian, the parents just don't want them to stand out. That's the exact opposite lesson we ought to be teaching. They need to learn to stand out. Right. They need to learn to take a stand because they're going to stand out for the rest of their life. That's what the Bible's telling us. That you can't go with the flow because the vast majority is under the influence of Satan. So we need to learn that we're gonna be different, we're going to be persecuted, right. and rejoice if we're persecuted again, as you say, for the cause of Christ. That's the not for being crazy, not for being cantankerous, not for having a bad attitude, for the cause of Christ, that is a, a, a basis for honor and rejoicing and, and being happy.
1: We're not seeking the persecution. No, you know, no, we're no. we're not out trying to be persecuted. No, we're not. But if in our stand for what's right, if yes. it, in our following in the footsteps of Christ, right. that comes our way, yeah. Okay, so be it. That's right, and so. One thing to say it another thing to do it i understand that <laughs> yeah. but if we can resolve <laughs> right. before right. those things take place what right. we're going to do that's the key well then we'll be prepared for them and and we, we will stand a better chance of navigating those things and working our way through those times successfully
0: and, and remember going back to matthew 5 the bible says that we're blessed if we're persecuted for righteousness sake we have an eternal reward in heaven And uh, we can be in the same company of the prophets of old, of God, that they were persecuted. We will likewise be persecuted. And most importantly, our Lord and our Savior was persecuted, and we want to be just like our Lord and Savior. So as uh, my brother Bob said, we're just wanting to do what is right. We understand the process of doing that, some of the uh, repercussions of that. And if they come, they come. That's fine. We're going to continue to be faithful to the Lord no matter what. Any other uh, closing comments?
1: No, just uh, try to anticipate those situations, know that they may come to ourselves or to our children, and just just
0: be ready when they do. Amen. Well, we always end our podcast with a word of prayer. We will not deviate from that practice here. Brother Bob, could you lead us in a word of prayer?
1: Our Father in heaven, we bow before you at this time. We we acknowledge your greatness and your power and your dominion and your glory. We're thankful, Father, for your loyalty, that you are loyal to us, that uh, you care for us and love us and that you're committed to us and to our, our well-being. Uh, our Father, we pray that we will return that love and commitment to you as well, that as you have loved us, we will love you. And as you've committed yourself to us, we will be committed to you. Father, your love, your commitment ha- has never wavered, even when we've stumbled and when we've fallen and we've proven ourselves not to be as loyal as we should be. Still, Father, you, you're loyal to us. And Father, we pray that we will never stumble in our loyalty to you, that we will continue to, to be faithful, to serve you faithfully, no matter what the circumstances may be. They may be difficult. They may be challenging. They may even be costly. But Father, we pray that you'll be with us, that you'll strengthen us, and that we'll be, have the determination to serve you faithfully and to follow in the steps of Jesus wherever they might go. Father, we know sometimes that the church grows and is made stronger by passing through difficult circumstances, by passing through the fire of trial. And if that's what's in store for us, Father, we pray that we will remain true and faithful, that we will in fact pass through that fire, that it will cleanse us of any impurities that might be within us so that we might come through it stronger and more pure and uh, more faithful to you as a result. Father, our thoughts and our minds are with people in the world today who are suffering persecution because of their faith. We pray, Father, that they'll stand strong. We'll pray that you'll be with them and that that period of persecution may be short and that they may come through it successfully, that others might see their determination and their faithfulness and be drawn closer to you as well. Father, we're thankful for your word, that we can look into it and learn what you would have us to be. Help us, Father, each one of us, no matter how long we've been a Christian, no matter how mature we might be in the faith, help us to have this uh, attitude of wanting to improve, of hungering and thirsting after righteousness, so that we might be drawn closer and closer to you. We're thankful for your Son that you sent to this earth who is willing to come to atone for our sin so that we might have the hope of eternal life. It's in his name that we pray these things. Amen.
0: Amen.